Today's reading comes from Colossians chapter 1, commencing at the ninth verse. For this reason, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, made by making peace through the blood of his cross. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, this morning uh, we continue in Colossians. Uh, you may notice that we're kind of inching forward through through these passages. The, one of the reasons that we're inching forward is there's often, uh, you know, you, you guys don't like 40, 50 minute sermons and there's lots to cover. There's lots for us to really gather from this passage and so I'd love for you to open up your Bible. Uh, if you've got one of the red Bibles there, we're on page 956. Uh, so if you can have scripture before you as we're going through it. Uh, this morning uh, we're continuing uh, we looked at verses uh, 9, uh, that little section at the start, last week. This week we're continuing through right to verse 20. And the, the week following there's going to be a little bit of an overlap as well as we just unpack some of the things uh, that God has for us in Colossians. Colossians was a letter written to the church that was growing and being established. And it was written to give them a really strong framework to grow up in the faith uh, that they had uh, so that they would be sustained and life-giving for many years to come. And so Colossians has the kind of material in it that we need to grow as a church and to grow in faith. Before we get stuck into this passage, I, I, I've got a question for you this morning. Uh, in this passage, it talks about this word preeminent. Uh, the eminent person is, is generally the the person with the foremost knowledge, the, the expert, uh, the, the preeminent is the, the first among equals, so the one above everyone else. 
When it comes to food, who, who is the eminent or the preeminent person that you go to? Who's your expert? Ottolinghi? Google? Google? Does, it, does anyone have a favorite chef or cook that I, I need to go? <laughs> he goes, yeah, that, that's well said. You're going to get fed well. Yeah. <laughs> well what about gardening? Uh, who, who do you read? Yes. Uh, if, you, if you need to fix a door... It's, so you see, YouTube has become the, the preeminent expert on a lot of things. <laughs> I, I used to have a DIY book that I'd consult on various things. Now it's whoever's produced the best video on a topic on, on YouTube. Uh, what about uh, if you're thinking about the, the world that we live in, animals and plants, and who, who's an expert on that? Yeah, David Attenborough, I don't really like him that much, but maybe I'm... <laughs> There's, there's reasons behind that. Uh, what about uh, sport? Well, what about cricket? There's probably a few of you watching cricket at the moment. Who, who do you like to listen to on cricket? <laughs> there, there we go, there we go. What about football? No, no. Well, what about music? We often have in our head ideas of who is the expert on a certain topic. Kobe's opera book. We have an idea of where do we go in order to find the knowledge that we need in order to solve this problem or explore this opportunity. When I want to do something new, I find who's the expert on it. Uh, what is the book that I need to read in order to get the best overview of this topic? How do I understand and come to a play, like a high point of knowledge where I feel like I've got breadth uh, to be able to address something really well? That's what we do in life. These days, it's often the person who's written the most recent book. Uh, like, let's face it, if someone's done an infographic and it's convincing, I, I consider them to be an expert, even if their knowledge is not right and you, you have that disintegrated by someone else a little bit later. Well, we have perceptions and ideas around what an expert might look like. Sometimes, you know, growing up, your parents are experts until they're not, and there's a period of time where they're not experts, and then they are again, maybe. Uh, but... Who are the experts that we go to? Who are the preeminent ones in terms of thinking? This passage uh, written to the Colossians is written to point the church to where we should go. Last, last week we were looking at verses 9 and following. And if you're looking down at Scripture, looking at verse 9, For this reason, since the day we have heard, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. We've been talking a little bit about what it means to live a life pleasing to God and how God calls us to live in a way that's pleasing to Him. Here, Paul is praying to the one who has all knowledge, all wisdom and understanding in order that we may receive from that. And so verse 9 begins, 
And it says, for, for this reason, since we've heard, we've not stopped praying for you and asking that God will fill you with the knowledge of his will so that you may live lives worthy of the Lord. Uh, when it says Lord here, uh, we need to read it in context. Often in the New Testament, when it says Lord, it's uh, referring to our God, our Father. Here it is, if you skip back up to verse 3, the Lord Jesus Christ. So you may live a life worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ, fully pleasing to him uh, through every good work. And so as Christians, we're, we're seeking to live a life pleasing to God. Uh, and he, he prays that we'll be made strong. And, and then in the section that we're primarily dealing with today, so verses 15 and following, it introduces who is this person that you're actually living a life pleasing towards. See, the confusing thing is sometimes uh, we see, as we sang about, that God in his goodness towards us has extended us forgiveness and love and wants to bring blessing to our lives and has offered us an eternity with him. We can kind of get to the point where we think it's all about us, <laughs> that actually God's focus is on us. He wants to bring us blessing. He wants uh, to bring us love, but we can kind of get to the point where we think, I think this is about God doing something for me. But Paul actually wants to realign and reposition their understanding so that they get things right, that the supreme one in the church is not them, them in all their success, uh, but, it, but it's actually Christ. And why do we live a life pleasing to him? Why do we want to follow him? Well, in this passage, we, we have a hymn that, or a, a bit of poetry that Paul has used to point us to why we look to Jesus as the one who is worth following as well as the one who is the source of knowledge. Uh, so verse 15, he's the image of the invisible God. Uh, what, what does that mean? You, a lot of people were looking for who, who is God? What, what is he like? Uh, how do I understand who he is? Well, if you want to understand what God looks like, we look at Jesus. And so if you want to understand the character and nature of God, primarily look to Jesus because he is the image of our invisible God. Uh, that is, you can understand his love and his care for people, uh, his purpose as you look to Jesus. It's found in Jesus. All of Scripture points us, Old Testament and New, points us towards Jesus. Why? Because Jesus reveals to us what God looks like. It's very hard to follow a God that we can't see. But because we can see who God is in Jesus, it gives us clarity in following him. So we look to Jesus as the image of our invisible God. It continues on, the firstborn of all creation. Hang on, I, I thought Jesus was the holy uncreated one. I, I thought yeah, he was not born. Well, when it uses firstborn here, you, you need to remember the context that this is written in. It's written uh, to a people that understood that the firstborn was the person of most privilege. They're the ones that in, inherited the power and the authority, the wealth. Uh, he's the firstborn, the, the most treasured, the one who was before all. So it's not making a statement about him being born somehow. It's just saying he is before all. He is first. And then it continues to explain from that position of God is, God has always been, what happened. In him, in Jesus, all things in heaven and on earth 
were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. Uh, the people in Colossae were going to live for the person that had the power because when you live for the person with power, they use their power for you and life goes better. Uh, for us, we often live in this way. Here, it's telling us that actually <laughs> Jesus is the one with all power, all dominions because he created them. Everything sits under them. Every, every ruler, every ruler of nations, every government authority sits under him because he created it. All thrones sit under Jesus. In, all, in him, all things in heaven and earth were created. So everything we see and touch and feel has its origin in him. And so it's beginning to establish Jesus as the one who sits in authority above all, uh, not just because he has power, but because he created all things. Uh, they were created through him uh, and in him. All things hold together. They were created through him and for him. So, so there's a purpose that uh, we would live in a way that brings him glory. Uh, he himself is before all things and in him all things hold together. Well, what does that mean? It, it means that if Jesus wasn't holding uh, this world together, it would fall apart. What does that mean? It means that when Jesus was born uh, as a baby in a manger, at some level, he was holding together all things, even as an infant. That he was fully God and fully uh, human with flesh on was integral. Because if he ceased to be God, the world would fall apart. So, so this, is, this is the Jesus that we're talking about. Uh, the Jesus that invites us to know him and to follow him. The one that created everything. The one who holds all things together. The one that sits above all dominions, rulers and powers. And then to a, to a church that's seeking to grow and establish and it's experience and success. He's the head of that as well. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. What does that mean? That he is the first that is defeated death, is resurrected. The one who's leading the way into eternity. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things. What, what does this mean for the, for the church that as it's growing and, and forming, actually Jesus needs to have this place of great priority? That if in him all things hold together, they need to lift him high. Uh, it, it says in Luke's gospel, uh, when, when Jesus is list, lifted up, all things are drawn to him. And so as a church, we're called to lift Jesus high, confident that in this, all things will be drawn to him. Well, what does this mean for us at, at a really practical level? What this means is that we're to live, in, live life in a way uh, that remembers where Jesus sits. Uh, what this means is that in our work, whether it's 
work in a church or work in a secular sphere, that he sits above everything. What does that mean if he sits above everything in power, but also in wisdom and understanding? Actually, he should be the preeminent expert that we go to in everything. Actually, when you're cooking and you're thinking, who's the expert on cooking? God knows what all the spices were. He created them. He knows what goes with what to produce what flavor. <laughs> he, he, he knows what a good result will look like. Uh, so, so when a chef comes up with something that they've created, this amazing dessert, this amazing uh, banquet of food, the only reason they're able to do it is because they've been gifted creatively by God to put on the table what they've put on the table. At some level, when people achieve something great, uh, we look to them and go, you're amazing. But at another level, every time we see someone achieve greatness, we need to look to God and say, God, you are amazing that you created this kind of person that they can create this kind of things. Because when we're creative with what God has created, we're reflecting the fact that we are made in his image also. But we are image reflections rather than the image itself. It's really easy to get caught up with reflections, isn't it? Uh, when, we, when we had a night in the city, we, we went uh, bowling. And uh, when we went bowling, there was someone in the lane that was just next to us. And uh, this guy was covered in tattoos. But there's covered in tattoos and there's covered in tattoos. This guy must have paid a pretty good artist because they looked amazing. And as I looked at the way he'd sort of put tattoos all over his body, the, the designer tags on his clothes, uh, he was making of himself an, an image to present to everyone else. Uh, in, in many ways, I'm sure he regularly looked in the mirror and said, my goodness, you are beautiful. <laughs> uh, maybe there were points where we decided that it was not quite enough and that's where the next tattoo kind of gets added to the body because the, the image has to be perfected. But we live in a world where we're kind of image reflection obsessed. Uh, but as Christians, uh, we need to be redirected towards uh, who it is that we're reflecting, who it is that sits above all, who... We're called to represent in this earth. Uh, and that is the, the invisible God uh, made visible in Jesus Christ. And so when we're seeking as Christians to live a life pleasing to God, uh, what we're seeking to do is to live a life that reflects him to the world, that when people see uh, me and I'm expressing love and his creativity, I can then say, I do this because I know an amazing God who created me this way and he, he wants you to know him, that you might find your purpose, that you might find what is pleasing to him. Why do we go to him to fulfill verse 9? That we may be filled with knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. If he created everything, he understands how it works. So when relationships and life and work uh, is not working the way that we think it should be working, where do, where do we go? We, we can go to a parenting book. 
We can go to a, a book that tells us about gardening or we can begin to pray to the one that will give us wisdom and understanding. And you know what? Sometimes he, he might lead us to this book or that book and say, Randall, this is my expert on this. You, you need to read this because this person has revelation from me that you need to understand about the way the people and the world works. But sometimes he'll inspire us ourselves with the particular knowledge that we need for our situation to be unlocked. And if, if God, in all his goodness, reigns above all and he wants us to live in a life pleasing, he is a God of love, then he actually has good prepared and planned for us so why do we go to him because we know that he sees it and he understands it better than anyone else and is able to navigate the complexity of our life and our challenges better than anyone else and so when we as christians uh, look for understanding we we need to see that word for what it is to get understanding means you need to stand under and who do we stand under? It is the one that is the supreme one, the image of the invisible God. I'm just going to read it again, and, and I, I want you to be captured. Uh, if you've got it open before, you don't look at it, just close your eyes and think on who it is that has invited us to know him. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. In him, all things in heaven and on earth were created things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers or things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is who wants us to know him. When you're in a room with important people, and the important people take interest in you, you feel pretty important, don't you? <laughs> when, when important people are asking you questions, uh, when an important person calls you up, you feel a little bit nervous because you, you don't want to say anything wrong or do anything wrong. But when they uh, pursue friendship with you, it makes you feel really significant. And important people often have a unique ability of making other people feel really special. And it partly comes from the, the wealth of power that they hold. And when they use that well, it can make others feel really special. Do you know, the preeminent one, the most high expert, the one with the most power over all rulers and authorities, loves and pursues you. Wants you to live in a way that is pleasing to him because he knows that that is best for you because he wants the best for you because he is the expert that sits above the world and he is extending life to you. 
that you would live in a way that is pleasing to him, that he would, his pleasure would be brought to others. Isn't, isn't that amazing that the, the world's most e- foremost expert, the firstborn of all creation, that the one who has always been, is interested in us, and not just because he can give something to us, but because he wants us to partner with him to see the world changed. That's, that's amazing that, that God chose you, that God chose me to partner with him and see the world changed as a result. Now, the, the, the easy trap in that uh, is, uh, when, you know, when you, you get good at something, you can begin to think it's about you. <laughs> uh, when we're good at something, we think, oh, I'm just good at this. And the necessary correction is for Jesus always to be exalted as the one who is before, the one who is above, the one who is supreme. And the, the way we find that we've understood that is when we hit a challenge that we don't think we can solve ourselves, where do we turn? To, to God. When, when we hit something that even we think we're really good at, who do we talk to? We talk to God about it. Uh, how is God revealed to us as Jesus Christ, our Lord, who brings life to us, who wants to reconcile not just people but all things and so god has in view the one who created all all things Uh, so when we think of our world god cares about the environment He, he, he cares about the world that we live in he cares about the people he cares about the animals he cares about all things being reconciled to the original intention that he had for them when he designed them and so that's why we as a church need to look to jesus who is the preeminent one and seek for him to have that throne of authority in our hearts. Uh, what that begins to look like in our lives is, as, is I, as I said, uh, we need to, before all things, come to him and say, God, give me wisdom. And trust in that prayer that whether you're cooking, whether you're gardening, whether you're working, whether you're studying, whether you're evangelizing, whether you're doing anything, he'll give you the wisdom that you need in order to live in a way that is pleasing to him. Let's come before him and invite him to strengthen us and empower us for that. And as we do that, let's do it with the confidence that actually he wants to fill us. The first person in in whom the fullness of God was pleased to dwell was Jesus. Uh, When he ascended to heaven, he sent his spirit to live in us that we would know God's fullness as well and through that fullness be able to, as we live with him, live in a way that is pleasing. So let's pray. Jesus, we look to you as the the one who is preeminent and we realize that that is very uh, counter-cultural, challenging idea that there will be one who is above all, one who reigns, one who has the most wisdom and understanding, the one is worthy of power and worship. Uh, Father, uh, forgive us for when we have not lifted high your son Jesus. Jesus, forgive us for when we've lifted high uh, people before you, uh, problems, uh, 
Forgive us for when we've lifted high ourselves. Lord, lead each of us uh, to a place of humility where we uh, love you and, and trust you and fully appreciate who you are and how you call us as your people to live in a way that is pleasing to you, that your kingdom will be extended. Jesus, we look to you as a, as a good king, a good saviour, the one who pursues us and has good prepared uh, not only for us, but to do through us. Uh, we pray that you would uh, reestablish your reign in our hearts. Uh, teach us to reorient our lives around that. And continually remind us, Lord, uh, in fresh ways uh, the way that you're wanting to give us uh, hope, uh, a future, uh, joy, peace, uh, understanding. And thank you, Jesus, uh, that as we hit challenges in life, uh, you're the one that holds all things together. And so, Lord, we bring before you the burdens that we carry in life and we lay them at the foot of your throne. And there may be some burdens that you are carrying as a person at the moment, some things that are causing you stress and anxiety. I just want you in your own words, just quietly before Jesus, uh, say, Jesus, I lay this at the foot of your throne. Jesus, we lay our challenges at the foot of your throne with the confidence uh, that you are... And know and understand and have the wisdom for everything, uh, that you're in charge, uh, that you're powerful, uh, that you're able to bring change, that you're able to reconcile, bring redemption. Uh, we're so thankful for that, Jesus. Lead us in the way that we can partner with you. Uh, Lord, as we think of our church together, uh, we lay our church at your feet. And we invite you to bring your kingdom and your will. We pray this all in your name. Amen.